0: Hey, welcome to Educate for Life with Ryan Francis. Let's get right into it. Well, instead of diving deeper into that, because I I think we could probably talk for a whole half hour, 45 minutes, hour, just about that. I wanted to come back to this death anxiety Mm -hmm. notion. Um, How like what is at the core of death anxiety? Cause there seems to be two sides of that coin as we were chatting about earlier. Um, you know, what's really going on with death anxiety? How does it inform the other anxieties? And then ultimately what can we do about it? If there's anything to be done? Yeah, Yeah, definitely.
1: For sure. And I think, um, just starting this with keeping in mind the idea of like, it's not my job to place value on someone's life, it's their own job, right? So, right. say someone comes to me and is like, I am experiencing some symptoms of depression, and from like, no, say like, my grandpa just passed away. So, I'm experiencing some symptoms of depression. Um, and I'm staying in my bed all day, like, okay. And then, but they say the reason I actually sought you out was because I really want to, um, I don't know, change my job and like they only go to their job on the weekends or something right but the rest of the time they're spending time in bed it's like not my responsibility and not my place to say like no but we should be addressing you know the depression that's taking place by you staying in bed because of the death of your grandpa all day um and so it's really important just like to remember and come from a mindset of just like it's whatever the individual is placing value on it which goes into the two-headed side coin of this idea about death anxiety right so one being that you can take death anxiety and like Power yourself to go do all these amazing things because I am dying, where the other side could be like, I am dying and therefore I'm going to just not do as much because I want to enjoy life or I want to experience life or I want to like slow down mm-hmm. even. Right. And it's just a mm-hmm. important kind of hold those two ideas.
0: Yeah, it is from from this conversation and from our past conversations, uh, it seems that some of this like meaninglessness and And freedom responsibility specifically um, almost more than isolation. I mean, isolation plays into this, of course, as well. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to die, and thinking I'm going to die can make me feel isolated. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that we have this drive to achieve potentially. There's this pressure on us that is inherent in the fact that we are mortal creatures. Mm -hmm. And that pressure can lead to either that feeling of, I'm going to die, so, oh, God, I better do X, Y, and Z. Otherwise, my life has been meaningless. (laughs) There's that meaninglessness, right? Um, Or, oh, God, I don't want to take on any responsibility. And what does it really matter since I'm going to die anyway? There's these kind of forces to mediate, Mm -hmm. In this idea of having, having limited time Mm -hmm. that to your point of trans, it can be changed into fuel Mm -hmm. where you say, well, because I'm going to accept my death and in in accepting my death, I'm going to choose to use that as a way to propel me forward that with the limited time I have to do everything that I can, Mm
1: -hmm. or
0: I'm going to accept death and therefore not rush and not try to work too hard on anything or right there's this whole gamut of responses ever for completely falling to anxiety and depression
1: mm-hmm. and able to, that
0: you're gonna die one day and therefore taking no actions because it's all meaningless. Yeah. You don't want to assign your own meaning. You're not prepared to mm-hmm. assign your own meaning versus whatever. So like where is this pressure coming from? I feel like I, I feel like I'm on the cusp of describing something and I don't quite have I'm not quite stating mm-hmm. the whole picture if you could help me mm-hmm. with that.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering if like something that kind of came to my head and just what you were talking about is again, so like taking the sense of like freedom and responsibility and tying it into this two-sided coin of death anxiety could be something along the lines of like with the responsibility, like you yourself, are the only person that knows like what feels right to you. And I think like tying that in with this idea of like we could die at any given time, right? So it's like, I could die tomorrow. I could die like within the next 15 minutes, so be it. Um, And it's like, am I okay with that? Am I going to be okay with how I lived my life? And I think just kind of like holding space for that on a regular basis is going to be a really key thing. So you're able to wake up and be like, you know what? Today, I just like need to take time for myself. You know, I would love nothing more today than to just like take my dog to the beach and kind of like check out from everything I'm having um and i think it's just like being able to check in with yourself like oh this feels right right it's like me for myself and just where i'm at right now i'm hope like i'm sure i'll change at some point in time like where i'm at right now even if i were to go to the beach every day with my dog and just like hang out even though i'm sure that like sounds fantastic and it sounds fantastic to me right now considering like the amount of work i'm like usually putting on a daily basis at some point and i know myself because i have done this i've taken like two weeks off i get a little stir crazy and i'm like I'm a piece of crap. I'm lazy. What am I doing with myself? What am I doing with my life? And that's just kind of like the key to myself. Like, oh, okay, I need to do something different. I mean, it's a lot too with this, a fine idea of like, how much do you plan with also how much are you staying in the presence? Like perfect example, college, like college is a huge commitment. You know, some people are making up to like eight, 10 years of their life, even more than that, you know, to pursue college to hopefully get them somewhere. There's nothing saying that somewhere in that time you're going to die. And then it was all for nothing. But as right. long as you're on that road and you're like, this feels right, and I'm like, this is giving me purpose, this is giving me meaning, I like this. And that's not to say there's going to be days where you're going to hate it, because that's also life, right? It's not like, oh, we're like perfect every day, and it's like I feel fantastic. It's like no, along the way, of course, there's going to be days where you're like, yeah. but it's when you have the cumulative of like the more positive feedback versus the negative feedback.
0: Yeah, I I, I hear that, and, and and really, if we're going to be truly existential. And if we're going to have a postmodern sensibility, then inherently this entire process is about deconstructing our reactions, Mm -hmm. right? It's about pulling apart that voice in our head. And then we take it to coaching for a minute here. You know, when when someone says I'm a piece of shit, then my question is how valuable is that statement And and maybe not even where is it coming from and then deconstructing that and saying, okay, that does have valuable value to me or doesn't have value to me. And then making a choice moving forward with that, Um, because there are some things that we know to be true, right, that Mm -hmm. that having positive self-talk is ultimately more efficient if we're just purely talking about expenditure of calories and amount of physical and mental energy spent. It is actually yeah. more efficient to think positive thoughts about ourselves that drive us forward than it is to think negative thoughts about ourselves, no matter what we've been taught about like, well, I'm motivated by saying, oh, you're a piece of shit. You better go fix it. Right. You know, we, we actually know that. We actually know that. That is true. But yeah. I'm not going to, as a coach, say, well, now we just need to upend your entire world and tell you that every way you think is wrong. There's this process of deconstruction and choice that occurs in mm. order to develop that that sense of what is right for you. And Mm -hmm. some people have a very strong inner feeling of what's right for them that they've been disguising or covering up or compensating because of messages they have from others. So it's really this whole process, whether it's therapy or coaching or journaling or anything. So they're just peeling back these layers, peeling back these layers, peeling back these layers so that you're getting to, you're able to make better informed choices Mm -hmm. progressively over time. So that, have a greater feeling of satisfaction and joy that is that is actually a goal. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> joy yeah. itself isn't the goal. The goal is progression, like not progression, sorry, action fulfilling action.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it would may definitely.
0: be choosing suffering. It may be choosing discomfort because the only the the currency of success is discomfort. The, the currency of fulfillment is discomfort. So the goal is not fulfillment. The goal is consciously choosing the discomfort that you're willing to engage with in order yeah. to have more of what you want and feel more fulfilled. It's not yeah. like, I'm going to have X. It's like, eh, I'm going to choose to suffer in this way in order to make X a more likely possibility, a higher probability for me. That yeah. I think is you know, the
1: core of this. And I think like, cause discomfort makes like change, right? And like growth is usually discomfort. If you're comfortable, you're probably not doing a huge amount of growing. Right. at least in like my personal experiences, the times I'm most in discomfort. And that's not saying as like discomfort and like, oh, I feel super crappy about my just like discomfort because it's new because it's just an unknown concept. You're not the master at it. You don't know everything about it, right. right? But it's like that's where the growth happened. And there's this interesting and not um it's like bringing up this idea about like attachment and not like attachment therapy, but just this more philosophical idea about how we're attached to certain things. So like this idea like we are attached to success and success, that means like, my business is doing this. Well, I'm making X amount of money. It could be like attachment to materialistic items. Like I can't be happy until I have this type of purse or like this type of car. I won't be happy unless I'm attached in this type of relationship. And I have this type of marriage or I'm married to like this level of person. Um, and it's like really the key to like being not success, but just like being happy and like present is just like getting rid of those attachments. So like being like, Hey, I'm like, Doing my business because I enjoy it. And yes, I do need to live and like survive. Like, really, I'm just like, I'm okay with whatever the outcome is, which is interesting because if you think about getting to this level of like super detachment and not being worried about outcomes of anything, are you going to feel a sense of purpose even doing those things? Right. And I don't know if you will. It may just be a state of just like being. And that's kind of where I'm at, where it's just like, it's not necessarily like I'm attached to this idea. It's like, I'm like feeling purpose and driving this, but it's more of just like, I'm just like, good. I'm like, okay. And like, right now my purpose is just like trying to achieve this level of like here and now, and really just being okay with like, however this exact moment and second is unfolding in front of me.
0: Well, so let's jump on that specifically, because that seems from our conversations to be the quote remedy, unquote, for death anxiety, which is not actually a remedy. It's simply a mediation of it. Um, That's the humanistic part of the existential humanism uh, is how we are present in the here and now. Hey, y'all just want to take a quick break in the action. Let you know that if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please do recommend it to a friend. I would love to expand my audience and the best ways to do that are word of mouth and reviewing my podcast on the iTunes Apple podcast platform. If you'd like to leave me a voice comment, go over to anchor.fm slash educate for life. Anchor.fm slash educate the number four life. It might even end up in the show. For more information about what I'm up to, please check out my website, www.educatefor.life. That's educate the number four dot life. Now back to the show. So how, right, we, we've talked a little bit in the past about um, not for everyone to hear, so obviously we're going to make this aloud now. <laughs> um, but The world of Nick and Ryan. The world of Nick and Ryan, right, right, right. Um, that, that the here and now, if, if we are anxious, that means we are... F- future focused if we're mm-hmm. depressed that tends to be past focused mm-hmm. we can be anxious from past focus if we're projecting the past onto the future right mm-hmm. um and so it would seem that the way to mediate that quote best unquote most effectively is to find ways to be in the present moment more deeply rooted in the present moment and mm-hmm. you know there's buzzwords like mindfulness and um awareness and and so I'm wondering about techniques I wonder that people maybe could start to apply immediately since mm-hmm. at this point in the conversation they might be going, Oh my God, my world is upside down and I have all of these right. things to process. Or they might just be like, Oh, this is a fascinating intellectual conversation. Right. Um uh, for those that maybe would like to do something to take action around these things, right. what are some techniques that they could use? to improve their presence in the here and now to mediate these kind of four major concerns?
1: Yeah. So I think starting this off with like, there's two kind of, uh, versions, not really, but there's like two components to the here and now there's probably more, but like I'll just there, here's two components to kind of start with. So there's a here and now, which is the buzzword, which is everyone is like focused on, which is like mindfulness, meditation, things like that. The other here and now is going to be this idea about whatever, What's relevant is what's coming up right now. So like, let me kind of give a little bit of backstory to explain that. So like, say for example, you were to come to me and you were saying that, I don't know, like your experience, your experience, a high level of anxiety because like you just got fired from your job. Right. And then all of a sudden during a therapy session, we also start talking about your uh, a death that you experienced when you were like 10 years old. But the goal of that being that like, because you experienced that it's somehow relevant to like you losing your job. I know that kind of seems kind of heady, but it's just this idea of like what is here and now means that like you're focusing on what is present. So if you're sitting there like beating yourself up because you didn't ask so-and-so out to prom back in high school and that has nothing to do with the current anxiety you're experiencing, that's like getting out of the here and now. So I definitely think the best place to start with just those two ideas in mind is really like meditation. Meditation has been like super helpful to me. Um, I've had a lot of clients that do it and meditation doesn't have to be just sitting down. It can also be things like, um, you know, going for mindful walks and what a mindful walk is going to be is if you, even if you walk the same trail, the same route every single day, each time you do it, start noticing one thing new, whether that's like, wow, that bird, like is super beautiful. Like, oh, look how it sits on that tree again. Right. And it's just like then start upping it. So now when you go for a walk, try and identify three things that you've never noticed before. And at some point, these three things aren't going to be like, oh, I never noticed, you know, the color of the sidewalk and how it's like discolored here. At some point, they're going to start shifting to these things that are ever changing, whether it be like wildlife, nature, the sky, things like that. And what that's going to do is it forces you to be in the present and to realize where it's like, wow, like there is this whole world going on as I am worried about the future and the past. And really though, what's beautiful is like, all I can control is this moment right now, right? It's so, like, even if I am worried, there might be things I may be able to do, whether like, so I'm, if I'm worried about a job interview, I can like prepare for it somehow. But it's like, there's usually nothing you can do in that exact moment that is going to help that anxiety, right? Or it's like, there's nothing you can do in that exact moment that's gonna help the depression that like you're having about something that happened in the past. And it's really just becoming full heartedly like, wow, this is a beautiful interaction that I'm having right now.
0: Yeah, and, uh, to to your point, I think also about meditation, and mindful walking, things of that nature is uh, like if I'm taking a walk, I might pay attention to how my feet are falling because normally you just walk. It's like so now I'm thinking, well, what part of my foot is touching? How does that feel? How, do my, how does my foot feel? How does the air feel in my lungs? It's going in and out of my lungs or in my throat or in my nose or whatever else. What's happening in my body mm-hmm. right now? Because that's an ever-changing thing, right? Yeah uh you know being conscious, being aware of those things that are 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 uh mutable, right? Are changing, mm-hmm. are shifting, are transitioning. Uh there's something powerful about uh increasing that awareness mm-hmm. uh in any given moment. There's a specific thing that you said and it's killing me that I can't remember. I was like, oh I really want to highlight this this is one cool idea he just said, and now it's got him. Hopefully it'll come back in the course of, in the course of conversation. Essentially. Yeah. Oh, it's, no, I can't, it's, that's, it's gone for now. We'll see. Time. We'll see if it comes back. Um,
1: and that's the beauty of the moment. It was a seed that was planted.
0: And actually I think it, it again went back to deconstructing and, and reconstructing value. You know, mm-hmm. so for example, this idea of how much can I prepare for that upcoming interview? And so mm-hmm. I say, you know, how valuable is it to have, feel this, you know, whatever, this tightness in my chest, this panic, whatever else. Maybe it's very valuable because it keeps me aware this is important to me. And maybe it's not valuable because it's distracting me from other things that I could be doing and enjoying and, mm-hmm. and making that conscious choice. There's a difference between saying I'm feeling anxiety about this upcoming interview And then just sitting in anxiety. It's another thing to say, I am in anxiety right now. Is there anything I would like to do about it? Mm -hmm. And then it's still yet another thing to say, I'm in anxiety. Is there something I'd like to do about it? No. Great. I'll be present with it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want to bury it. Okay. Or yes, I do know. Are there, now I'm going to ask the follow-up question. Are there any clear, conscious ways that I can take action that will reduce my anxiety. And that might be take Mm -hmm. a mindful walk. Yeah. Or it might be to prepare by researching more information about the position uh, as it exists in other companies, because there's maybe more information from another company. Or Mm -hmm. um, I know there's some things I could polish up about how I present myself around this thing that I'm really good at and I'm never good at describing it. What if I take some time to just journal about, this thing that I'm good at to see if there's some things that naturally come up that would be valuable for me to communicate to this potential employer.
1: Mm -hmm. Now
0: I'm taking conscious constructive action and not just sitting in my, in my suffering. Like I could choose to sit in my suffering because maybe it's valuable to learn to be in that discomfort and not escape my anxiety. Maybe it's valuable to, just accept that right now, distracting myself is the best tool I have, the best coping mechanism. So I am really just going to go play those video games or, or you know, go drinking with some friends or whatever else, or maybe it's valuable to actually do more preparation if that's possible. Yeah. So this being in the here and now isn't necessarily any one thing. Exactly. It's just the process of increasing our awareness, our mindfulness of the moment and exactly. asking ourselves questions that will allow, again, for more options, opportunities, possibilities, things that we could do to not just quote, make ourselves feel better, but be constructive, whatever that means.
1: Exactly. And I think it's like, you definitely hit on it. And it's like one of those things about needing to be honest with yourself as an individual. It's like using the job thing, for example, right? It's like, because then we're all talking about normal anxieties, right? So like being, st- not stressed, like being anxious, maybe stressed, but you know, anxious about a job interview is probably something that like a majority of us are going to experience to some level. Right. And I think it's also like being able to be honest with yourself, too, about like, okay, maybe I should spend some more time preparing for it or be like, you know what, like, I've already really prepared for this. Like, I know that I'm going to rock this. This is more of just like performance per se anxiety. Mm -hmm. And that's what needs to be addressed. And that's where it's like, okay, now I need to be. But it's like being no, because I know there's been times where I'm like, wow, I'm like really stressed out about taking this test when I was in school. And it's like, well, you know what? that's because i haven't done any studying and the test is tomorrow so maybe i should you know like do that as well
0: yeah yeah makes perfect sense makes perfect yeah. sense so since we have a limited time and we're approaching the end of that time i thought it would be really valuable to maybe check in about any major takeaways that we've had from the conversation so far or any last points that we think would be valuable to make or anything that's kind of like a TLDR, TLDL, too long, didn't listen, Uh, or anything specific. I feel like we actually just gave a very constructive thing at the end. I like to make sure that we end uh, the final episode in a series with constructive action that people can take. I I feel like we did that, but if there's anything else that occurs to you, anything you want to touch on that we've talked about or, or whatever, please, that was the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really just like want to highlight on what we just covered. Like just start doing like a lot of people will get stuck in this mindset. Like it needs to be perfect. Or, like I have to have the perfect solution before I do it. The best way is to start doing things. So again, if it's just like going on a walk, and I'm going to notice something different. Crap, if you went on the walk, and then you didn't notice anything different. That's okay. At least like you went on a walk, at least you put yourself in a situation where you were grounding yourself, you were being able to come into the moment of walking um so i think like that should just be a huge takeaway just like, to piggyback off of that too usually like any type of physical exercise of some kind kind of like forces us into the here and now So like when a lot of people talk about like uh, deep breathing for example or like oh let's go for a walk so like if someone's having a panic attack like oh let's get outside and like walk around that's usually why it's just a great place so if someone's having a really hard time trying to get to that place like drop and do 10 push-ups and then like take a second and be like oh, okay now let me look meditation isn't always the best for some people i had to start with like guided meditation for mm-hmm. a pretty long time because i couldn't just sit there and so my mind would go all over the place i actually like before that and i didn't even know i started with working out i was working out you know as soon as i graduated high school is when i started working out and i didn't even know that but that i was very much in the here and now for a 45 minute period without even knowing it i think just like practicing it getting your brain used to it starting there
0: yeah Yeah. And to extend from that, I would say discomfort is not necessarily a sign that something is wrong. Sometimes discomfort is simply a sign that you're pushing into the unfamiliar. And so when part of being in the here and now might be feeling discomfort. It might, mm-hmm. it might be yeah. experiencing anxiety and allowing yourself to experience it because normally you bury it. Um, that, that just, again, discomfort is the, is the currency where you, you buy what you want. You buy your dreams, you buy your success, you exactly. buy whatever else. And so just to, we didn't talk about liminal experiences. So my little 30 second here is the lemon is the threshold right? So when mm-hmm. people talk about subliminal messages, they mean mm-hmm. messages that are under the threshold of our awareness. Yeah. When we talk about a liminal experience. We're talking about crossing over a threshold into the unknown, the uncomfortable. And we mm-hmm. could talk about that for a long time. And I have talked about it in past episodes, so I know it's out there. Um, and I talked about it with, uh, I think, Bridget Murphy, the, the shaman, uh, about that. Um, that that consciously choosing liminal experiences and so many liminal experiences will be thrust upon us, whether it's the loss of someone or a new job, or these are all liminal experiences and we can choose to engage with them consciously. Uh, once we understand that we can, because again, let's be real, most of us through for a majority of our lives, weren't even aware that we can make a choice about how we experience grief or make a choice about how we engage with the nervousness of a new job or whatever else. So definitely wanted to encourage everyone that you're too, your two greatest assets are taking action when it when it doesn't feel perfect and then generally being in the discomfort of your emotion. So, you know, I I I think that's really powerful and will and will buy you a lot as far as processing your anxiety around. Death, isolation, freedom, responsibility, meaninglessness. And uh, that's just a very powerful thing. And now you have that language. So maybe when yeah. when, when you're having that experience, yeah. you'd be like, What am I experiencing right now? Is it anxiety about death? Is it isolation? Is it you know? And, and that may not bring any value to you, but I know sometimes when I can anchor a thought or anchor a feeling, it gives me a place to process it from and, and that can yeah. be great. I feel less lost in that moment. So
1: Yeah. I know the first time I sat in a room with other EH therapists, I was like, Oh wow, I'm not alone. Mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. word
0: and I'll that I have similar I've had I've had similar experiences where even in a group of like-minded people I felt alone and then suddenly one day I realized oh I'm the one producing my sense of isolation
1: mm-hmm. and yep.
0: and yeah. these people actually do see me and they do know me and they do understand me and I'm just so used to the idea of not being known that I was projecting that out regardless of whether or not I was known mm-hmm. True. and that was a very startling experience to have as an adult as a grown man I can imagine <laughs> well nick thank you so much for coming on man i really appreciate it i would very much like to, to do this again at some point
1: yeah definitely thanks for having me it was very fun absolutely all right
0: next time on educate for life with ryan francis round three yes round three of our epic uh,
1: conversation here which has been uh, again totally totally wonderful and uh, i really appreciate being here and with you and gives me a nice excuse to see you a little bit more, you
0: know? Yeah, I know. Seriously, we went years without regular contact. And then in the last few months, we've been chatting a lot.
1: Yeah, it's been Uh, nice.
0: The topic of the day, um, which is decision-making. Yes. And that there are a couple of things that we were hoping to chat about around decision-making. And something very, very specific that you and I have encountered, and that is this idea of having, quote, too many, unquote, choices. And I was hoping maybe you could characterize that for everyone real quick, Paul, before I say anything else about it. Hey, again, thanks for listening. If you want more goodness, come hang out with me on Instagram at educate4life. That's educate, the number four, underscore, life. I jump on almost every day and go live once per week to answer questions and just talk about what's on my mind. We've got some cool stuff coming down the pipe, so expect some announcements in the near future. And with that, I hope you have a great week. Talk with you soon.